the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. And they've got friendly employees when you walk in and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the Scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Hopefully we'll ask questions from the past week's Bible Live readings. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. This is Sophie Dollar. Thank you for joining us. Jacob is in the room, and we are. He's complaining that I turned his headphones too loud for him. His delicate little ears. You'd think that you know. 
After a long time in radio, you don't have any hearing left, so we always have to have it turned up loud. Good to talk with you tonight, folks. Thanks for joining us. We're going to continue our study uh, this night. We're going to be asking you questions from the books of First and Second Kings. That's where we have been um, camped, um, to use a good old... Jewish idea, you know, that, well, now we're not in the wilderness anymore. We're in the promised land, so I guess camping is out. But here we are. Would you We've like been, to sing a song? You want to sing a song? Yeah, let's sing that song. Uh, this land is mine. I, God, God gave, gave this, this land, land to me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, uh, what was that movie? That, Exodus. Uh, Exodus, yeah, of course. Uh, we are in the uh, books of, of First and Second Kings, studying the... Um, the, well, I guess we started out with, uh, after, in the book of Samuel, after Joshua, <laughs> Judges, and Ruth, then we went to Samuel, who uh, anointed the first king of Israel, Saul, and then after 40 years, the second king of Israel, David, this, uh, what is it, se- seventh son of uh, Jesse that Samuel found and anointed him. He waited 25 years for that anointing to become effective, and that is since that he ascended to the throne of a united uh, the United Tribes, the United Tribes of Israel, the the UTI, we could call you the United Tribes of Israel. Anyway, David, and and I guess it was David. I guess this is understood as well in the Jewish uh, history and tradition that David helped bring the nation of Israel to the apex of its power, influence, wealth. Right? Wasn't that the the golden age of Israel? Uh, um, I, you, you I, wait, somebody wait, Jacob. Up, shake his. Well, I, I, the problem is you ask compound questions. <laughs> the answer is yes. Is that to the like first compound? Part, compound no to the second part. Yes. Yes. What? Well, you ask two. <laughs> you ask two questions. All right. You always ask compound. So the answer to the first part, yes. The answer to the second part, no. Yeah, I don't even know what part is. Uh, I knew that was part of the problem. Yeah. Uh huh. What's the first part? Let's write your questions down so you can read them. <laughs> okay. What, what's the first part of my question? Well, what, is it, what is it I said, folks? <laughs> uh, it's, um, you said it was David that brought them to like an apex. Absolutely. Golden Age? Eh, I don't know. Oh, really? Is there another era, a time of Israel yeah, that's... Yeah, it's called uh, when the Messiah comes. Oh, I see. Uh, of course... Frankly, yeah, yeah lay it on me, Sophie. You, you pretty well messed up, guy, because he's already come. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, if he has, how come you mean guys, maybe come how come again? You guys got a second coming. Maybe you mean a second coming. Yes, that's no, no. You mean a second coming? Uh, no, no. You mean no. You mean a second? No. Anyway, that's the idea, huh? Okay. So you are still waiting on that to happen, but uh, up to the present moment, uh, he raised them to the high the. The greatest influence. It, it always has. It is remarkable. I was talking to uh, a, a, a group of um, trainees out at Lackland Air Force Base, as I do every Sunday. Most of you folks know I work with uh, Campus Crusade for Christ called Crew, and uh, uh, the Crew Military Ministry. We uh, have the religious education program for all the basic trainees at Lackland Air Force Base, and uh, we were talking to a group of them this morning. I was reviewing a little bit the. The history of the Old Testament, and uh, talking to them about the um, about Israel, actually just how the, how that essentially we as believers, modern Christian believers, uh, Gentile believers from all over the planet Earth, essentially we have bought into 
the Jewish revelation. The you know Jehovah, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with the Jewish prophets, the Jewish uh, scriptures, the Torah, the the you know the commandments of God, the the prophets, and so on, and the, even the you know the Jewish Messiah. So everything about us is we bought into. Uh, uh, the the Jewish uh, I am so pr- I am so proud of you <clears throat> and uh, the, I said you know the big secret is hey you know we're Jewish <laughs> we we bought into that uh, that it's not Jesus didn't come to found another religion he came to just facilitate do the role of Messiah uh, and uh, so that man men everywhere men women and children all over planet Earth could be reconciled to to God the Father to the Creator through the work and ministry, the the atoning work of Messiah. So anyway, I just uh, well, it is a little bit of a mixture of, and a kind of a, people kind of wonder what is that relationship. We, it's not a matter of Jews becoming converting to Christians. We've already, that's what we've done basically. We bought into. I'm an Apache Indian who bought into the. The Jewish revelation. The, uh, I told a rabbi that once, and he got really confused. Huh? I have the money now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you said you bought into it. That's I bought it. into it, so I'm waiting for my return on my investment. Okay. I, did I, have, tell, I have a question. Uh huh. See, please. Okay, and <clears throat> I told you this for the show start. I made up a joke. I know you did, uh, and I, I was trying so hard to avoid yeah, well, this, folks. Here's my question. You I may want to. You may want to. Uh, uh, I, we, in fairness, we've got to warn the audience that Jacob has so made up a joke, uh-huh. and so you may want to tune out here for the next 30 seconds. Uh-huh. I made this up. All right. It's, uh, I was wondering, <laughs> I as know. I was driving in, if a person has a transgender parent, is that what you call transparency? <laughs> a transparent situation. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Oy vey, right? Is that, what <laughs> that's, isn't that what I'm supposed to say? Okay, I, well, I do want to say one thing before we get started. Uh, do that. I, well, well, it's days. too late for that because I've already started, but uh, all right. Uh, well, no, we haven't ever got started. <laughs> We've not even got um, started. Anyway, so, uh, well, two things. Of course, there's something you want to tell us about what's happening. First, it's one thing, now it's two things. Come it on now. True. yes. And, and uh, anyway, so you're going to tell us something that's going on this week. About you? Yes, I am. Uh-huh. And secondly, we do have, well, I want to suggest, a theme for the entire subject tonight, which is the second book. Of Another danger spot. You're going to... Yes, you're you're gonna, gonna, I know this is going to be politically incorrect. Now you're going to stick the other stay in. Yeah. Listen, I am going to make some <laughs> radical statements. Well, but, but it's appropriate because it's coming right out of the text, right out of the passages that, that we read this last week in our reading schedule. The books of First Kings chapter eighteen through Second Kings chapter twelve. So uh, it, it's not off the topic or a subject, but uh, no, it, it's really there. But Jacob did want me to mention, and I want to mention. Don't forget, folks. You've been listening to the promotions around the city and, and, and as many places that we can get them on of the National Day of Prayer on the first Thursday of May every year. Uh, there is an opportunity for believers, for people who love God and and, uh, and love the Lord and want to and, and believe in prayer that God hears and answers the prayers of His people. It's it's a call on the on the part of our actually our national leadership, <clears throat> the president, both houses of Congress, uh, giving us an opportunity, calling us to a time of prayer, intercession, and when was there a greater need for prayer for our country? So. Uh, <clears throat> Remember the first Thursday now, this of this is year for America, right? For well, for it, it, actually, it's prayer. And if you want to pray for the world and and that, 
uh, you know, just go to the Lord. But the idea, though, is to pray for our land, our nation, our leaders. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I encourage that. Exactly. And so we do, too. And want to have you join with millions of other believers across the nation. Every Does this uh, event happen to have any kind of a name or anything? It's called the National Day of Prayer. Ah. And it falls on the first Thursday of May. This year, uh, coincidentally, it falls on the on Cinco de Mayo. Right? You know, it's a... Uh, another celebration here in South Texas, but that's all right. We can we can handle two celebrations so at the, the same time. So on the fifth of May, where will you be holding this prayer at? By the way, well, all over the city, folks can pray. You can pray wherever you are. Of course, any time. Uh, there's no limitation on that. And uh, and I would emphasize too that this, although this is our national leadership, presidency, Congress, and so on, uh, declaring this a day of prayer, uh, it's really is. We don't pray because the president wants us to pray. Uh, Group of you are gathering. It's another opportunity for believers to join together across denominational lines and so on, and uh, pray together for our land. And that that is an extraordinary uh, opportunity. So uh, the the kind of mm, the most visible. Uh, time of prayer that we've been observing here in our city on this day for over 30 years now. This will be the 31st year. Is at the on the steps of City Hall, right oh, down in the center of our it. city, uh, on the so steps of City Hall. Any human being that would like to join your prayer, yes, on the fifth, could go down to the City Hall. Thousands of us. We hope we'll be and joining. And what pray. time might this event be happening? At noon. At noon. Like uh, what, what's that? At the at the OK Corral. We're oh. and. and and that's a good thing to mention because we're going to be reading and studying tonight that uh, this prayer meeting on on uh, on a mountaintop where Elijah, uh-huh. this kind of a shootout, a prayer shootout on on uh, at the OK Corral. You know uh-huh. when Elijah prayed against the uh, the prophets of Baal and the priests of Baal, and uh-huh. and they had this kind of a. Kind of a prayer competition. Uh, you, you pray for your God, and I'll pray for our God. At the steps of the courthouse. Yeah. So down on the steps of City Hall. You're having a prayer competition. We'll be having a uh-huh. no, not really, but we'll be praying for our nation. And 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 Jacob knows the answer to all these questions because he's been with us every day. And I'm just uh, trying every year. To, I'm trying to get you to tell everybody, come on down to the City Hall on the fifth and get there a little early, maybe a few minutes after yes. eleven. And there'll be all kinds of pastors. Is Hagen right. joining you again this year? The, yeah, we'll have a full orchestra. Uh, oh, gosh, I don't know how many voices in the choir. There'll be a large choir gathering to help us rejoice and sing together. Yeah, there'll be lots of pastors be and a lot of big worship. churches around, There'll right? be a lot of students will be joining in schools and young people and old people, men, women. A lot of our city leadership, our mayor will be there, members of city council, uh, our uh, the a number of our community leaders, uh, Joint, Bay, Joint Bay San Antonio Command Chaplain Jimmy Browning will be there to help lead in prayer. A number of different folks will help lead in prayer. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited too that uh, the, um, the new pastor at Community Bible, which is one of our great great mega churches here in our city, a very wonderful congregation, very active and touching many areas of the city. He will be kind of making his. Uh, First debut, he will be. Uh, this will be the first large community-wide event. That well, since you won't say this, com- I'm going to say. Okay, it. go for okay. it. I think you need to acknowledge 
Yeah. You and your wife yeah. are the ones that organize this and get all the church leaders and everybody down there. I know you may not like to acknowledge that, but I'm doing it on your behalf. <laughs> so you do all the work. You do the scheduling. You get you set yeah. up everybody to come and the speeches and the timing. You arrange for the city hall. So really, everybody's showing up, but they're doing it because you organized it. Oh, Jacob, that's that's awfully nice. And that's one way of putting it, I guess. And, and that's, of course, well, it is our well, passion. It really is a passion. We, why don't you just take a break? I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> many, many years ago, we th- we saw the National Day of Prayer as, wow, this is a this remarkable opportunity for believers to come together. Now, is this open uh, to everybody? Just, yeah, it is. It truly is. Uh, even those who are outside the faith, we do have, we do have our hecklers. We do have our demonstrators against, uh, so, uh, and, and we welcome them every year and love them to death. We just pray for them and 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 uh, just love on them every year. That sounds year. like a foreboding phrase. We love them to death. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's, uh, I probably should w- watch my words there a little bit, but no, we do, and uh, they're sweet people. But uh, they're just misguided in a way and they come up with their their uh-huh. their their board you know their signs and pickets and so on but they're that we like i say we do our folks are loving and gentle and and uh frankly we've seen a softening but sometimes it, they they lower their signs and sing along with us and at times so there's times of praise and there's times of worship the music is beautiful and the enthusiasm is wonderful the mix from believers all across the city red yellow black white and polka dotted we're all there yeah i'd like and, to see those polka dotted people yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that's that's native americans with our with our war paint on you know we're we're doing spiritual warfare oh, let there. me ask you uh, yeah? i know last time you said something about green people i i really want to see those too <laughs> the, the uh, martians yeah, yeah. okay but so Seriously, all joking aside, so it's it. This is uh, May fifth. May fifth, Thursday. You get down there after eleven. Eleven thirty. The uh, the pre pre service. You got to find parking. Oh yeah, that's right. That's so they need to get down there. Plan on being there yeah. a little after eleven. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be lots of big names there, and you're yeah, the great music. Yeah. And you said it's also the coincidentally Cinco de Mayo. Well, it's on that same day. Uh, yeah. Well, it there's also fun. another event that's on this day, which nobody will be. Ignoring. All right, let's hear it. I know what I, I'm. I'm guessing. Let me see. It's going to be some feast. Right? No. No, not a feast. But you can have a. Hershey's it's some candy anniversary party. of something, right? Uh, a sad one. I know. I think uh, something to do with the Holocaust? It is Hashoah, which is uh, it's Holocaust Remembrance Day. And coincidentally, this year, the Jews will be showing up to pray all around the world. Wonderful. And, uh, of course, and they'll be having remembrance. It started in 19, I believe, 1953. And it's to remember remembering the victims in the Holocaust. And it's interesting that it occurs on the same day that this National Day of Prayer was mm-hmm. occurring. Well, it is, it is important. I think it's important to make sure people understand the National Day of Prayer is not a Christian gathering. It is calling on all Americans, whatever your faith background, uh, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, whatever your uh, faith uh, denomination or group, uh, all of us. It's giving us, calling us all to everyone who believes in God and believes in prayer. It's giving us all an opportunity to join, to unite our hearts in prayer for our nation. So, uh, if you, if you're, it, it, yes, John, Scientology, yes, everybody, everybody believer who would be interested and loves America, loves God, wants to, and believes in prayer. 
unite your heart. Go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, maybe you can organize organize something in your uh, in your mosque, in your synagogue, in your meeting place, or among your congregation, and uh, join with others as we pray for our nation. Uh, the that's that's important to realize and understand that it, it's it's not really particularly obviously in America uh, because of our history and our tradition and. The, uh, the the influence of faith in Christ and, and Christianity in our nation that's kind of a primary expression, but it's open and, and encur- all are encouraged to pray for our nation. So that's the fifth. It starts at eleven thirty. The pre-event music. Uh, it's, you'll you'll really enjoy it outdoors. A beautiful day we're going to have. Uh, I'm, I've talked to the Lord and we worked that out together. Isn't this great? All this rain we be having, by the way, is it? I mean, I just cannot complain about rain in South Texas. I wish I had an excuse to leave the city, Jacob. I wish I could fly out somewhere just so I could fly back and see how beautiful South Texas must look from the air right now. Just It must be plush green. I take it I when you say that you're talking about going horizontally as opposed to vertically. <laughs> Going like to have it. No, no, I don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to leave South Texas permanently. I would, uh, I'm not ready to go home, capital H yet. No, but I, I would. I would welcome an excuse to fly to Dallas or somewhere and and then fly back into. I bet San Antonio is beautiful. This with after all of this rain, I bet it's green and just gorgeous. It looks like well, a Garden of Eden. Anyway. So you made an announcement. I did. did we, we successfully it was? It only took us 22 minutes. <laughs> let people know about the National Day of Prayer. Please come out and join us, folks. You will enjoy it. It'll be a great opportunity. But if you can't be there, join us in prayer wherever you are. Uh, and unite your heart. Don't forget Thursday to pray. Uh, for Because it's the point is to pray. It's not to have an event. It's for God's people to seek his face. If my people, the scriptures say, if my people who are called by name, by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Forgive their sins and heal their land. It's an exciting thought. So uh, join us on the National Day of Prayer. First Thursday of May, in this case, that's this week, May the 5th. Well, let's get some questions out on the airways before our first 30-minute segment is already gone. <clears throat> what words in Psalm 70, Psalm 70, what words tell us that David needed God's help urgently? He was, he was really... Not panicked, but he he desperately needed God to act. Soapy, as reluctant as I am to say this, perhaps you would like to look at the question and rephrase it. Okay. In what words in Psalm 70 tell us that David... David needed God's help. Not God. Say God needed David. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, you know. <laughs> Please, David, come help me. Uh, tell... <laughs> what words in Psalm 70 tell us that David needed God's help? My goodness, I, I'm surprised the lights on the phone didn't go off to people trying to correct me there. That David needed God's help urgently. What words uh, give us the idea that there was urgency in God's in, in David's prayer there? Okay. Now then, let's um, <clears throat> let's go to another question from the Psalms, number uh, Psalm seventy-two. Let's go to Psalm seventy-two. It describes the qualities. <clears throat> of the ideal king or leader 
those qualities being personal integrity or righteousness or righteous, fair in his judgments, he's just in, in, in every way, and compassionate to the downtrodden. These are the qualities of the ideal king or leader that are mentioned in Psalm 72. Uh, who is this psalm ultimately about? Who is the Psalm 72 ultimately about? This ideal king or leader. So I'll leave it at that as far as my two questions from um, from the Psalms. Jacob, you have a question or two from First or Second Kings? Well, coincidentally, I do. Okay. <clears throat> and before, I know we mentioned this. I would like to suggest that what we're, I would like to keep in mind a theme. And I think we have a, I am going to suggest a theme for tonight for everything in Second Kings. The theme is this is we're going to see that there's all this bad stuff happening and there is some connections going on between who the so-called bad guys are. And what's interesting, it's always meant to get to destroy Israel, the Jews, etc., the Israelis. And when you go down through it, you know, there are books and books written on why has this always gone on. Is it because... Uh, there's some type of prejudice, as the uh, Jews have to get along with, all kinds of different reasons. But, you know, the more I look at this, it does appear to me there is some type of, let's call it spiritual, mystical reason that the forces of evil really want to destroy Israel, Israelis, the Jews. And this is what's going on, and I'd like to kind of keep that as our uh, sort of overshadowing theme to this entire story right, of the see. Second Kings. Right. <clears throat> now, I'd like to let's do your uh, number two. Let's see if we can get the questions out before this. Okay, uh, number two. After the great victory at Mar- Mount Carmel, there was that shootout, the prayer shootout on the, uh, that Elijah had with. with that's that's not part of the question. Okay, okay. Uh, okay I'm joking. It's um, after the great victory at Mark. Carmel. Elijah fled from Jezebel to what other mountain? That's a good question, Sophie. Elijah fled from Jezebel to another mountain. You like that question, huh? Okay, good. You got another one? Oh, I do. Uh, Let's do uh, your number eight. Elijah predicted Jezebel's death. What did he say would happen to her body? And the answer is in uh, 1 Kings 21, 23. All right. Elijah predicted Jezebel's death, and he told what would happen to her body, her manner of death. Uh So we'll come back after this break. Hopefully you can stay with us. Give us a call, 340-9585, 340-9585, the Bible Live Quiz Show. We'll be back in mere moments. Don't go away. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. 
Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it would take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor. Carpet cleaning for the 21st century. 831-3535. If you're new to San Antonio and want to find a church that fits your needs or just want to learn more about a church in the area, go to the church directory page at kslr.com. That's kslr.com. Since we have this moment here at Evans Door, we should start knocking now. What are we waiting for? Let us pray. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. So when we feel the spirit moving, nothing coming and moving. We are back thanking you for joining us for more of the Bible Live Quiz Show. And um, great, great bumper music there. Let us pray. Let us pray. That's what we need. Uh, don't forget the National Day of Prayer this week on Thursday, May the 5th. And and John has reminded me, too, that the actually a kind of a preparation day for May the 5th is, what is it, Star Trek? No, no, Star, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you, right? Is that the idea? But it is a serious day, evidently. Uh, may the fourth be with you. How about that? So on on Star Wars Day, let that be a reminder that the very next day is a very serious day uh, called the National Day of Prayer. I hope that you'll remember it and join with believers all across the land in interceding and praying for our nation. Uh, and you know, we we can make a difference. Prayer is real, and uh, God does respond to the prayers and the calls of his people. So cry out to the Lord this uh, Thursday uh, and join with other believers across the land. Okay, we've got some questions out on the airwaves for you. From the Psalms, we have the the question, What words in Psalm 70 tell us that David needed God's help urgently? What words in Psalm 70 communicate urgency? <clears throat> All right. And then in Psalm 72, uh, there is a, there are a series of qualities of the ideal king or the ideal leader 
that are listed there, personal integrity, fairness in his judgments, and compassion to the downtrodden. And these are qualities of the ideal king or leader. And in that psalm, the psalm is ultimately about whom? Who is the psalm ultimately about? Psalm 72. Okay, Psalm 72. You want to go to the the two questions in... First oh, Kings, I guess it is, right? I just right? wanted you to say where they could find the answer. Psalm 72, yeah. Uh, and after the great victory at Mount Carmel, now we're moving to the book of First Kings, chapter 19. After the great victory at Mount Carmel, remember they had this big, I, I call it the you know, gunfight at the OK Corral. You have Elijah facing, what is it, uh, 700, right? No. How many? 70? How how many prophets of Baal were there? I've forgotten. Okay, actually, it gives it, a number, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it's actually in eighteen nineteen, I believe. There are four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal. Thank you Baal. very much. I appreciate your correcting me on that. No, though. no, no, I wasn't correcting. We're sharing. There we're you go. Sharing. And they had this this. Uh, wait, we're not done. It is a unique we're, sort of. We're not event, done. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then there's also four hundred prophets of Asherah. Oh, so that's 850. Well, I'm getting up there close to 1,000, aren't I? 400 plus 450 is 850, yes. Okay, that's a lot, isn't it? What do the the Jewish people and out of Judaism, what do you make of that event? Is it, to us, I mean, I know many churches, this is a great sermon fodder right here. Pastors love to preach on Elijah confronting the forces of evil, idolatry, and false, and so on, you know. False gods. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what do you, what do, in Judaism, what do you do with this particular date, with that particular event? Well, uh, there's no ceremony or a festivity, if that's what you mean. Okay, so I'm, I'm surprised, because there's usually a, I mean, you usually use it as an occasion to have a, a feast or a, <laughs> a party, but okay, well, tell me. Actually. Elijah is considered one of the great. Oh, he, he's the, he's the man. The great one of the he's the greatest of the prophets, fact, I suppose. There are reputedly prayers, and in fact, I have a prayer book, and it's reputedly, and I choose to accept it. It's a matter of choice that uh, the house of Elijah, his students, were taught certain things have been passed down to today. Mm-hmm. Ah, how about mm-hmm. that? I'm not surprised. And uh, of course, this whole thing was initiated. All these prophets of Baal, uh-huh. Baal, and uh, Asherah are in. Are actually uh, established by Jezebel. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. And you know, Jezebel was actually a Phoenician princess. That's right. Mm-hmm. And her father was named Eth Baal or Baal Baal. And um, he was a king of Phoenicia, and also the high priest of the well. His last religion, name right? is the word Baal. B A A L. I see. Okay. And, well, there you go. And. and, and and so what's fascinating is mm. she immediately, when she got in this queen, she immediately established in the land of Israel the religion of what her people had. Of course. Which was Baals. <clears throat> I guess that's how you say it in English, Baal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, Asherah. And now those, especially Asherah, is very sensuous. Mm-hmm. has to do with a lot of lascivious activity. Mm-hmm. And it all takes place in Mount Carmel, which was their place to go have their licentiousness. Mm, is that right? That, uh-huh. The so, background what's there. What's fascinating is, so she immediately, of course, we also know that she immediately implemented 
a mass slaughter of all the priests. Mm-hmm. Oh. The Le- Levitical priesthood. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. So she was turning the land into a, a land of idol worship. Mm-hmm. And, and she and Ahab, Ahab married the, this Jezebel, uh, probably a little bit of a of a political union. Uh, yes, absolutely. But on the other hand, too, they it was... She was really a powerful force, and he was a little bit of a milk toast, actually. And their daughter uh, ends up, frankly, Ahab and Jezebel come very close to, uh, very close to destroying the uh, uh, the Davidic lineage, the Messianic lineage. Actually, they, uh, her daughter Athaliah. Now you're touching on the theme I was hoping to touch. Oh, on. is that right? That, because that's, the whole idea has always <clears throat> been. For some reason, now I know there are books and books, and people say, oh, it's because maybe they make too much money, they're educated, all kinds of silly reasons. But there's always been an effort to do in the Jews, the Israelis, and the land of Israel. And they almost did it. They they came close, I think, to destroying the, the, the monarchy. Yes. And from the point of view of not only Israel and political state of the kingship and all, but we think of the Messianic line, which had to come through King David, they almost wiped out the Davidic line, except for one little boy escaped the That's slaughter. Right, His yes. name was Joash. But hasn't that gone on through eternity? <clears throat> yes. It's always gone on. I, I'd like, why? Yes. The question is why? Is there something really spiritual, mystical going on here? I think I know. Okay, why? But Well... It was it was promised that the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, had to come through the lineage of David. And this is the the messianic line. This is the the Redeemer, the Savior. Uh, if there is an enemy of our souls, uh, this spiritual enemy, Satan, or the, he he would bend all of his efforts to, to all of his followers to we must cut off that lineage. We must destroy that that well. Okay. That so. The plan of redemption, uh, nothing less than the well, great plan of salvation. Were, if that were the end of was it, was at stake. And, if, and, and the Christian thought <clears throat> In other words, it was more than just people of okay, Israel. It was about if, that, if that was the end of it, then that should have been satisfied, defeated by, as the Christians say, Jesus, right? But it's not come to an end. The Holocaust comes after that. And several other things come after that. So not just the cut off the Oh, line. yeah. No, no, There's no. There's something else uh, yeah. going on. I understand, and, and, and I really do understand that. But I'm saying that the number one thing, at least as we look, the time, you know, even the time uh, in Egypt, even, even the time all through after the, after the plan of redemption was announced in Genesis chapter 3, mm-hmm. you, see God, uh, you see the enemy trying to cut off even Cain killing Abel. Is the enemy trying to cut off the godly lineage, the godly, oh. uh, those who would love God and follow God? Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, Seth is born to replace Abel, the, the murdered Abel, the brother. And, and so all through the history, we see the enemy trying to cut off that lineage. The Ruth, the story of Ruth in down in the people of Israel down in, in uh, uh, over in, in, in Babylon. And that's another one of those great examples. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and of course, even post messianic, we see that the the uh, the, the and torture. I, now and the I'm going to suggest persecution continue. The theme I suggest at the beginning. <clears throat> if you trace now, hold, hold on. Put your seatbelt on. If you trace modern Islam, the tenets, the strings, I say of modern Islam, you will find every one of those appearing actually in the Book of Kings, not by the Jews, but by through Jezebel, through the other religions. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. for example, yeah. Jezebel kills, as you said, 850 
or, or I'm sorry, uh, Elijah does, but Jezebel wiped out several of the Levitical priests to establish her religion, right? Right, exactly. And she also is the, is the brains and the master of killing Naboth to get a vineyard for her husband. Yep, so that's right. So there's no end to the conquering of the land. Uh-huh. And as you well pointed out, she wanted to end, let's say, the entire line of David. Mm-hmm. In fact, her daughter carried on that tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so the whole idea is fascinating. And if you bring that idea forward as a religious thought, you will find that even in today what's going on with the so-called Palestinians mm-hmm. and Islam. They want that done exactly what's taking place in the book of Kings. Mm-hmm. Now, that thread of that religion is, and I'm not talking about the people. So, some of the mm-hmm. people are wonderful, kind people. I mm-hmm. know that. Oh, yeah. But I know this. That the religion <clears throat> has that theme in it that whoever you got to kill to get your way to get the land, whether you want the vineyard of Nabal, mm-hmm. whether you want to wipe out the Levitical priesthood, in the line of David, it has to take place. That theme goes on. You can actually find that same thing existing today and of making its reappearance mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the nation of Islam. That's right. And uh, and it isn't actually only targeted to Jews. I mean, that is a rhetorically, that's a constant refrain that we get, death of the Jews and so on. But uh, Christians are being beheaded and other people. Well, Christians, as you said at the beginning of the show, you uh, said yes, that I they know are what I said. grafted in. Yeah. My answer to that is yes, they are, That's and right. welcome to the club. Thank you very much. We appreciate the welcome, I, I think. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, well, that's that question. After the great victory uh, at Mount Carmel, and we read about that in our readings in First Kings this week, this week about Elijah confronting uh Ahab and Jezebel and the prophets of Baal and the, these prophets of Asherah, he, this this momentous occasion uh, on at Mount Carmel where Elijah confronts them and and they set up two altars. They have this competition. Let the, the true living God let him send fire down and and consume the altar, the sacrifice, and this this extremely dramatic occasion. God acts, and the, the, the fire comes from heaven. It, it burns up the altar. It burns up the water. It was in the middle of a drought, so water was precious at the time. They had poured water all over Elijah's uh, sacrifice, and yet the, the fire fell and, and, and burned up the sacrifice, the altar, the, the, the water, and everything. And, and then we have this thing of after it uh, happens, uh, Elijah flees from Jezebel. He runs because his life is, he's, she threatens him. And he flees to another mountain, not Mount Carmel, but what other mountain did Elijah flee, run to? Forty day, a 40-day, 40 40-night 40 trip to get there. Right. So that might give you a hint well, as where it, it is. It does, and the answer can be found in uh, First Kings 19. 19, eight. verse 8. And then this other question, Elijah predicted Jezebel's death. Mm-hmm. What did he say would happen to her body, this a prediction? And as it turns out, it does indeed. That is indeed what happens. Now, it, one of my favorite characters, uh, not favorite, I, I, I wouldn't say favorite, but one of the more interesting characters in this story, in this adventure here, is this fellow named Jehu, uh, who carries out this execution of Jezebel. He's one, uh, and he's a very interesting individual, Jehu, if you read the story of um, 
he was kind of a wild character, kind of out of control. He was in the Davidic line. He was in he was in the Davidic uh, ancestry, the Davidic line to the crown. Crown, and Elijah had instructed that he be anointed, that he be anointed king. And what's that story about the the guy, somebody's journey, somebody's trip, Gulliver's travels. You remember Gulliver's Travels, and he ran uh, into those in, little people? Yeah, it's in Chapter 42 of First Kings. No, no, it's not. That's a whole different book. Oh. But in Gulliver's Travels, there are these little beings he runs into. They're called Yehus, and, and I think they get them from, from Jehu, I, I, if I remember correctly. That's well, another one of those. I don't little... know if you remember correctly, but I'm enjoying the story. <laughs> okay. And, but they're, they're this kind of out-of-control, wild guy. Well, that's Jehu. It kind of reminds me of um, someone current news personality uh trump would that come to with jay who reminds me a little bit of donald trump he's kind well, of a now, you know, loose cannon i believe it was elijah i know it's not a question but he says uh later on before he catches his ride you know mm-hmm. um he says well jehu yehu yahoo actually uh-huh. uh would say uh, he will eliminate a bunch of the bad guys okay and he is from the divinic line david and a- and, but then he, there's a second thing that's added, and where uh, Elijah says that. Yeah. And, and do you, well, go ahead. Do you know? You know what? It is? No, I don't know that. I, I think where you headed is that he wasn't like, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't canonized. He wasn't like a great. He he did go too far, right? He was. Mm, I don't know, but okay, but ahead. actually, then he Elijah adds, and those that he messes. Elisha will take care of. Oh, is that right? So he names them both and in the special roles. Okay, yeah. So God uses them in a way to clean up the mess, and and it doesn't mean that that Jehu was this great, wonderful knight on shining armor, but that God can use even imperfect people, uh, and he will. And I'm kind of wondering if God is maybe, who knows, folks, we're trying to read the signs of our times and know what's going on. Uh, maybe God will use uh, this kind of out-of-control wild man named Donald Trump. It, who knows what's going to happen. But it could be that he would be part of helping clean up some of the mess of uh, of our own nation. Or he might add to the mess, for all we know. But uh, it's something we, need, we can look at from the point of view, scripturally, with... with uh, I'm, I'm just waiting for him, people to start calling him the Don. The, that's right, yeah. Well, that's like... Our <laughs> Like the Godfather, right? The Don- Elijah predicted Jezebel's death. What did he say would happen to her body? That's now, I want to point out something. First Kings twenty one twenty three. Yes, and there is a story that actually suggests this. Remember, I said she's a Phoenician. Aha! There's a story in the New Testament where Jesus talks about a woman caught. Uh-huh. And it's something There's about a, a little dog, a, yes. a little animal. Okay. And uh, and it says she's a Cinco Phoenician. Uh-huh. This has to do with mating and wild stuff, and uh, especially the Asherah pole, which is actually a very suggestive phallic symbol that takes place on that mountain. And that's where they would go to breed. Can't you come up with one more yes. question here? I can. I, and one I really want to talk about. I'm going to jump ahead because it ties in, and it seems that we're getting short on time. Uh-huh. Uh, how about year 31? Okay. Would you like to read it? Yes. Godly. Ah, now, see, this is something I wanted to ask you about. If, no, no, you're supposed to read it. I know. I will ask a question, but this is the question. <laughs> Godly King Jehoshaphat. Uh-huh. 
of Judah. Now, this is a godly king uh-huh. from the from the tribes of uh-huh. in the south, Judah. Yes. He uh, arranges for his son Jehoram to marry one of Ahab's daughters. And this has always been a puzzle to me. Mm-hmm. Why would a God-fearing, godly from the Davidic line, why would he encourage his son to marry this godless Phoenician woman who worships another god? It doesn't even make sense. But Jehoshaphat arranges for his son to marry uh, Athaliah. Oh, well, don't say the name, Soapy. One of Ahab's daughters, the only queen that Judah ever had, what was her name? <laughs> As if I didn't already give you a good strong hint. Oh, and it's a horrible story. Well, it is, but I've always been puzzled as to what was Jehosh what was going what was Jehoshaphat thinking? Well, what what could uh, he, maybe we, you'll give me perhaps a perhaps we can discuss talk, talk about it. All right, there's another question. Let's go to our yeah, first got, caller. Oh no, caller, not there any longer. The All right. If, Harold, if you're out there, we were talking back. way too much. Yeah, all right. Please call back. Thank yes, you, Harold. any of you would like to call, 340-9585. If you can answer any of those questions, or maybe you have some of your own thoughts and you're uh, about <laughs> our current political situation, what's going on, what God is up to uh, in terms of our nation. Don't think that God is He's not an absentee landlord. He's not gone off to Tahiti or Hawaii or wherever God goes on vacation. He didn't kind of put the world to spinning and take off somewhere. He's engaged. He's involved, actively involved. He's just as much involved today in the history of our world, uh, 7.2 billion people around the planet. And he has the same priorities. The God, God is still doing the great one. The great priority of God with mankind is that he's calling out a people for himself. Uh, I will be their God. They will be my people. So the harvest is first and foremost on God's heart around the world. So if you think of that and think of what God is doing, what could we, what could we extrapolate from this story of uh, Elijah, the story of God's dealings with the people of Israel in that moment, in that time? And let's move it forward now about what, about, what are we moving, 3,000 years or more, somewhere around there? Uh, and say, okay, what might God be doing in our time today in our world? You know, we can, we can try to get a sense of, uh, we know about God and His ways from the scriptures. What might He be doing in our world today? How might He be using different people, uh, in our, in, in the world experience? All to facilitate and, and, and to encourage the harvest. Uh, my, I will be their God. They will be my people. As God calls out of men and women and children from every nation, every tribe, every uh, people group around the world, every age, every generation, calling people out for himself. So uh, maybe we can learn some lessons tonight from this passage. Let's go to another listener calling in right now. Uh, His name is Franklin, if I got that right. Franklin, are you on the line with us tonight? I am indeed, Sophie. Good to hear your voice. I have to say, it is is also good to hear your voice. Well, you're so I have missed you for such a long time. I I really, really appreciated your show that you read through the Bible, the whole Bible, every year. We're going to try to get back to that, Franklin. Uh, Right now, we're doing it on the Internet uh, for the moment. But who knows if we can get it back on the air one of these times. But we're still – so we're encouraging people to continue the reading with us and then join us on the weekend. uh, And we still follow the same kind of reading pattern. But uh, I appreciate your kind words. It's awfully nice. I'm so glad. It's so good to hear your voice. Thanks. I I have to say, though, the answer, I believe – 
Jezebel was eaten by swine, if I'm not mistaken. Try a different animal. Oh, dear. Try a different animal, no, Franklin. Not a deer. Not a deer. Not a deer, either. <laughs> no, not, no deer. I thought it was pigs or swine. Uh, keep going. Keep so going. Go through I the animal kingdom. Well, uh, the only other thing I could think of would be a lion. What has four legs, wags its tail, and barks? Dog. All right, you got it exactly right. Let me guess. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought she was eaten by pigs. Oh well. Well, that was this close. Is not, uh, is Soapy, this isn't our friend Franklin, is it? No. No. But uh, my friend Franklin. Okay, this <laughs> is another our friend Franklin. Franklin. You know, they made a show about that back in the fifties. <laughs> About? Except I think it was my friend Irma. I'm not sure. Okay. Now, Franklin, do you have your radio on in the behind you? We're getting a little bit of... No, I have it turned down. You're fine. You're fine, then. Uh, so we know that then the, he predicted that she would be eaten by dogs, uh, that she would be... Uh, and it ha and he, he predicted it, and it happened. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think Jehu, Jehu was the one who, who rode... To uh, Jezreel, he confronted her and had some people throw her out of a window. Uh, out of a window, and there the dogs did indeed um, feed on her, her flesh. Yeah. Uh, where I, exactly was her body landed? Did you ever catch that? And where she was eaten at? No. Do you know? Did you know? In the uh, the uh, temple courtyard. Yes. And where was that te temple courtyard located? Uh, actually, in Jerusalem, wasn't it? Okay, but it's actually she had killed the owner. Oh, and are you kidding me? And she had oh. Wait, everybody, pause. <laughs> Jacob is talking. Okay. Um, they, uh, okay, listen, all joking aside, yeah, it's the it's the vineyard of Naboth. Is that and, right? And so you see, the, the point is, when you get it, that she's actually there, and where she killed this innocent man and stole his property is where she gets eaten up at. I never knew yeah. that. I never knew that that was actually the place where she was She was thrown out of the window. and But it was an adjoining property, it right? Was, we exactly. are told that. that tells you yeah. Outside the city of Jezreel. Well, Franklin, you're so Jezreel. kind to call in. We appreciate hearing you, and you can call in. Thank you. I appreciate you hearing you so much. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad to find you on the air again. Thank you, Jay, Franklin. I'm sorry. You call back anytime. We'd love to hear from you, right? Good to hear from Franklin tonight. Always nice to hear and, kind and words. I want right? to say I feel bad because we had Harold online for like 40 minutes. And, uh, I know. And I'm blaming you for about 38 of those. Okay, all yeah. right, for 38 of those minutes. So, but, so, Harold, if you're out there, please call back. We'll get you right on. Okay, Elijah predicted Jezebel's death, uh, and he said that her body would be eaten by dogs at Jezreel, and that is exactly what happens to her. Uh, another case of a, a prophet giving a prediction, saying what's going to happen in the future, and it coming true exactly as he said. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we're told in Scripture is the mark of a true prophet, that if he speaks from with the authority of God, God said, then his word has to come true or he's not a, he's not a true prophet. And, of course, Elijah in this case is uh, exactly right. I, I don't know if Jehu happened to know about that prophecy or not, I, uh, but it wouldn't matter. That, Actually, okay. Elisha does, because Elisha does mention it a little bit later on. Okay. And he says, this is what uh, Elijah said, and this shall be done. The, so this takes place after Elijah has gone on, right? Yes. He, ah. he caught his ride, and he's gone. What does he mean by catching his ride? Let me see. Uh, El Elijah did not die in the normal sense 
you know, the way most of us die and have our funeral and we have a memorial service. Was a, Elijah had an unusual parting from this world. How did God take hey, Elijah away? That was my question away? number three that I picked. Is it number yeah. three? Yeah. Oh, no, that's a, that's a different. No, it isn't. It says Elijah didn't die in a normal sense. How did God take him away? Oh, is that? I thought you, uh, oh, well, goodness, I didn't know. I actually numbered them as I write them. Well, good for you. And uh, uh, the answer is in Second <clears throat> Kings. Chapter two, verse eleven. Okay, how says, what did how did God fire. take Elijah out of this oh. world? Uh, let me ask another one because I think it's a fun question to ask. Uh, after Elijah's quote death or this unusual way that he leaves this world, when do we next see Elijah in the Bible? When do we see Elijah again in the Bible? For you. Uh, you can give us a call, folks. We'd love to hear from you. 340-9585. If you'd like to answer any of these questions that we've put out on the airwaves there, you can give us a call like Franklin did, like Earl did. Uh, Earl gave up. We hope he can call us back. But others, you can call 340-9585. Uh, we'll be back after these very, very brief messages. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. Thank you for joining us for this last segment tonight of the Bible Live Quiz Show. We are asking you questions that come from the book of First and Second King, Kings, the f- books of First and Second Kings, uh, in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. First uh, Kings chapter eight, three, 18 through Second Kings chapter twelve. Uh, it is presumed and thought that uh, Samuel was the author of these books of history, and he is telling a little bit about the different kings. I think there are twenty-two kings of the uh, of the of Judah the kingdom of the south and 22 kings of the 10 tribes of the north of what comes to be known as Israel and we're following these kings and and uh, it gets a little complicated you almost need a, a team roster to stay up with it all but let's go now immediately and visit with um, what uh, what what uh, rich rich what line is rich one. Okay, let's go and visit with Rich. He's on the phone with us. Hi, Rich. Hello, Sophie. Hello, Jacob. Appreciate you calling uh, in. I, uh, I'd like to answer the question about Elijah, how he left the earth. All right. How did that happen? I believe, if I'm, my memory is correct, he left by a fiery chariot. You got it exactly right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, a, a the reason I remember is because it was so unusual. Uh, I wondered why God gave him such a special uh, departing. 
I, I, I don't know either. I've never asked the, the question why. That's a very good thing to do. I like your impulse there. Uh, I'm sure, I'm almost certain, the Jews have an answer to that. Why Why was get, right Elijah? Right or wrong, we have an answer. Right or wrong, you have an answer. They've been thinking about this a long time, Rich. Uh, Sophie and Jacob, I wanted to mention another thing. All right. Uh, today I was reading uh, uh, for, for quite a while. I do on Sunday uh-huh. about Jeremiah. Uh, yes, don't, don't you consider him to be a, a pretty famous prophet? One of the great prophets as well of Israel. Uh, I've always understood a lot. I've always understood that Elijah was considered perhaps the greatest of the prophets and so on. But Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, the suffering one, he he was really oh, he uh, suffered a lot. What what level of consideration and and is in respect is given to uh, Jeremiah in in Jewish tradition, uh, Jacob? Well, Thank I'll, you for calling I'll, in, bro. Yeah, hey, thanks, Rich. Uh, well, no, uh, Elijah, he didn't die. Okay. In fact, uh, the Jew, remember, even right. in the New Testament, it's uh, it says Elijah will come before the Messiah. Yeah, look in the book okay. of Revelation. So, and, and Elijah, uh, uh, Eliyahu in Hebrew, that sounds so much prettier. Yeah, it does. Um, it, he actually is, uh, he is expected to show up, uh, however he does it, at each bris or each circumcision of a male boy, he also shows up if he's going to show up at the end of each Passover. And if he shows up, we have a cup of Elijah's cup. And if he shows up, we don't have to finish the Passover because the time has arrived. So he never really, the understanding is he never really died. Okay, so his question was, what What about Jeremiah? What, what level of respect and how would he rate among the prophets? Sure. Uh, of Israel, well, he, he I, we have sign. a great admiration for him yeah. currently because he's, he he was so faithful even in, in the face of persecution and difficulty, right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go and go to line two. Let's see if I can bring uh, Harold up on the line with us. Harold, are you there? Good, Harold. Good to hear your voice, man. I'm sorry we were so late in getting to you. Soapy got long-winded, and it was my fault. Well, just, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to wait for the next break, uh, you know, so I wouldn't interrupt things and stuff like that. Oh, you're fine. Uh, well, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I've been reading the Bible, of course, just about every single day, and uh, that can really, really get your mind going, you know. It sure can. Different <laughs> Yeah, different perspectives on things, you know. And uh, anyway, I have a question. You know, it, I was at Barnes & Noble's today, and I had done this. I didn't know what the show was going to be about, of course. And I came across this question. How many women are identified by name as praying in the Hebrew Bible? And uh, people that don't know, that means the Old Testament. Pre- praying? Praying. Okay. Mentioned by name. And I'll just take some time. And the answer is Hannah, the mother of Samuel. Hey, and Hannah, Hannah find, yes. Yeah, and you can find that in First Samuel 1. And what, is she uh, the only one? She's the one where the name mentions in the Bible. Well, and that's my, my research. Y'all, somebody might have some other thing bad, too. But this is what usually happens. It says, you know, the husband's all 
worried about her, you know, up there in verse 8, and, you know, when I'm a good husband, and, you know, everything's good, I treat you good. And then in verse 10, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Yes. So she had some internal things going on. You know, Sophie, I, I have to tell you, uh, I've been noticing uh, different things, you know, like I was in the Bible section, and at Barnes and Nobles, and there was his husband, middle, uh, 40s, and he was telling his wife, this is the one you need. And she says, no, I want this one. No, you need this one. And she says, no, I want this one. Why do you want me to have that one? And and I'm thinking, the day before, you know, my aunt, Lily Mae, had just came from Pasco, Washington. My boy's going to graduate from uh, St. Mary's next Saturday, so she uh-huh. flew down from there, and we, about two hours before we were, we were going to have a dinner that my wife had uh, made, I went to the Christian bookstore there on the south side, and um, they have a table there, and I had a Bible out, and the same thing was occurring the day before, there was an older couple, but it was the opposite. A, a woman was telling her husband, this is the Bible you need, this is the one you need, and he says, well, this one has reference, oh, this one has, uh, it's color-coded, and I just finally said it, you know, I had already talked to them and said, oh, you know, we have a meal plan and this and that, and do you spend a lot of time here? And not not a lot. Uh-huh. And I finally just said, what are you looking for? And <laughs> I just thought, why, why did I say that, you know? And I do think that there's, a, there's a, maybe a, a spark of spirituality that maybe they haven't touched on, maybe they have. But they, they know they're searching for something. And, I, and then he looked at me and says, well, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, no. I said, if you're looking for anything, uh, the answers are in the Bible. And just for instance, I had to, you know, I just said, Jeremiah chapter 316. Uh-huh. You want to know when the ark was last mentioned? I read that little passage right there. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and a lady walked over that worked there, and she says, you do a lot of Bible studying, don't you? And I said, you know, I said, you know, I said, I have teachers, rabbis, preachers, even Dr. Rab- Reverend Pastor Kemp, you know, from Antioch Baptist Church. Uh-huh. I said, it's just not me. It is a lot of people. And you're the preacher, Sophie. Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of people out there that that I listen to that have invested in me and in my love for God, my yeah. research and my own personal journey and things like that. Yeah. And so I asked her, she goes, I said, I, I asked her, have you been to the Antioch Baptist Church? And she says, well, you know, I haven't. I live right around the corner from there. Why, do you go there? I'll be. I guess it'd be kind of strange. And I said, uh, well, on Wednesday nights, come and join me. So that's what happened Saturday. But I just seem to notice people are tugging this way and tugging that way, and they seem to know what everyone else needs and wants. <laughs> and I almost got in trouble there. But, yeah, you know, I would I say that was a little risky to stick, step in the middle of that. But, no, the Lord can use you, Harold, in a positive. I know you're very friendly and loving, and, and you probably broke down a barrier there, and we're, we're of a lot of help. I, yeah, Good for you. I'm glad you're out there, and, and I know you have been growing a lot in the Lord. Hey, I have a question for you. Well, it's not because of just me. It's because of all these, oh, all these people I've mentioned. And I use the word perspective, and I need... That, that is not my work. That's yeah. Pastor Kim's work. Uh-huh. He uses that word on Wednesday night lately when, where uh, he speaks in uh, Galatians 
three, four, and five. Yeah. And, you know, we're supposed to look in, in our our perspective, change our perspective, or if our perspective agrees with it, we'll keep it. Uh-huh. But just don't stay, you know, straight, you know, looking at straight. You know, you need to open your eyes to what's around you. Yeah, I have one perspective. That, uh, the important I, I thing is to ask yeah, the no. questions who, what, when, yeah. where, and how, and get. Get what the Bible is actually saying instead of just kind of what we think it's saying. Get what did Paul mean when he said this or that or the other. Uh, I have a question for you, Jacob. Uh, not yeah, Jacob, not but, uh, Jacob. Harold, in just a moment. But, uh, but Harold ask, wants to, uh, okay. Jacob wants to talk to I you just first. Want, no, I just want to say one thing. When you said we got to be straight, both Soapy and I are straight. I wouldn't share after that joke That's true, too. Let me ask you this. We had a listener, uh, even, even I think, from uh, I think the last time you were on, maybe a couple of weeks ago. One of the listeners called uh-huh. you because you had mentioned the idea that uh, you were a follower of, of Jesus and, uh, as Messiah and so on, but that you had, in a way, an idea of converting to Judaism. And one of the li- some of our listeners called and said, what What does that mean? What, what did Harold mean by that? And I, I told him, well, you know, you'd have to really ask Harold, you know, I'm not in the in the mode of speaking for you and oh, so maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about that what what that meant for you as a believer what and i i'm yeah if you, i have if you don't mind things. sharing and talking about it no well first of all it yeah, can't be explained by by an object maybe you know it's if you go to hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 it says now faith is the substance yeah. Don't take too long because we've got Elva waiting. I know, I know. They just I'm wanted just, to know what you noise walk in the room. What did you okay, mean by faith, uh, converting? Okay. I, I need to say this first. Okay, because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Mm-hmm. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Now, uh, how do I deal with all these things that you've asked and everything that I do? I said, you know, it does, you look back in life and you say, God was at this point, God was at this other point. You may not notice him right next to you until you move to another situation for instance, when I was 13, 14, and 15, I had this serious prostate gland infection, and I'm not sure it almost killed me, but it took me out for about four months, and that's part of the reason I couldn't finish uh, school. That was my excuse anyway. And, and, the, <laughs> that's a and the doctor excuse. told me, well, you know, the doctor told me, I, I overheard the doctor tell my dad, he will not be able to have any kids. I don't know if Daddy ever knew that I heard that, but oh, that's at, uh, 15 years old, and I just told you really I'm really sorry, yeah. Andrew, but but I've got to get to this other caller, and, and I just wanted. To, well, if you have another caller, that's fine, and if we need to, but they want to know. You know, it's just. Can you give us a just a kind of a, a quick idea of what <laughs> what the idea of converting when you convert to Judaism? Uh, and they were wondering, well, what does that mean? He stopped believing, in, and I said, I, I don't think so. But uh, I just want to make give you a chance to maybe explain it because I I you know, speak for you. It, okay, it's a personal thing where it's not a private thing. Uh-huh. But when each person decides to make a decision for uh, on a particular thing, when you get to the bottom of Mount Sinai and you you start your journey, 
you know, that's something you can't explain. That's something you live. Mm-hmm. And Judaism is something you actually live. And when you start living, you start seeing the other things of God, and you you will go to the New Testament, and you'll see things. I see things different. I look at it and a different take, a different view. Mm-hmm. So can I answer something real quick? If, Maybe yeah, I'll I'm thinking really hard because I don't, want, I, don't want to leave this, I don't want to leave this other caller too long, like we did with okay, you. Okay, well, let me hang up, and we'll, I'll think we'll, about this we'll question, and I'll have more. All right, okay. we'll, we will jump over. Let's jump over to, I think it's this line here. Let me see if I can get Elva on the phone. Elva, are you still with us? I'm still here. Oh, I'm so glad you stayed with Thanks. us. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I was really trying to make my way over to you before we got ran out of time here. Uh, and lo- looking forward to your uh, comment. That's okay. What do you would you, you want well, to answer one of the questions, or do you have another comment or thought that you wanted to share with? Yeah, you? I was going to answer the question that the guy already answered about the chariot. <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. Okay. But what other question did you have? We ask, uh, how did God take? Uh, Elijah away, and the answer was through a chariots of fire that Elijah went up. Right. The next question was, he didn't die. Next, he didn't die. When right. is the next time we see Elijah in the Bible, in the New Testament? Uh, isn't it uh, in Revelation for the two prophets are speaking? Very, I'm glad you brought it up, because he does indeed appear there uh, among the prophets, and, and I'm sure Jacob will have something to say about that. Uh, at Messiah's coming. But no, it's actually uh, not at the second coming, which is described in the book of Revelation. It was during Jesus' earthly life uh, in his messianic walk. And, and uh, Do you remember when did he... Bethany, the Transfiguration? The Mount of Transfiguration. Moses, exactly right. Moses yes. and Elijah. Moses and Elijah? Yes, right. exactly right. right. Uh, very good. Elba, that's the answer to that question. You help. I'm glad you, when you guys help clear up some of these well, questions. Real quick follow up. Yes, go ahead, Jacob. Hey, uh, Alba, is it Alva or Alba? Yes, Alva. No, El, like Alva Presley. Okay. <laughs> All right. Listen, Elvis. With an E, E, E L V A. Okay, great. Listen. So, what country is that Mount of Transfiguration, as it's called? What country is that in? Ooh. What country is it? Israel. She is right. I mean, it's in, oh, give her a ring. It's in Israel. And and why did you ask that question, Jacob? Well, because I want to point out something. That uh, what? Moses came, as that story goes, to Israel. Elijah, as far as we know, was always in Israel. Uh-huh. Except if he shows up in somebody's bar mitzvah. Moses actually was not allowed to go into Israel, right? Well, this is the... Well, we're not allowed to go to the promised so land. Moses, so Moses is now at the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses has come into Israel. Isn't that, that's an interesting thought. I've not, I don't guess... I, maybe it's the first time in a while I've yeah, considered Elijah, that. Yeah, Elijah, as I said earlier, that uh, he's, it's understood he, in a sense, he shows up at every bris or circumcision, mm-hmm. the eight-day-year-old boy. And at the end of Passover, if he shows up, we don't finish Passover because the world is over. But at um, any rate... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that part of the uh, uh, the Jewish understanding is that before the Messiah comes again, and I guess it would be what we consider the second coming, that Elijah appears. Is that that is correct? That's why we always have a cup of Elijah. And if I could point out at, at the Passover dinner at the seder, there's always an empty chair for Elijah and a cup of wine. Right. And right. I will point that out. 
that in the Christian scriptures, in the New Testament, uh, remember when Jesus is on the cross, they say, he's calling for Elijah, mm-hmm. because that means the Passovers are done. Well, Elijah okay, is let me ask, going can I ask Mount you, of Transfiguration. Can, Would that be significant? Well, uh, well, uh, everything is significant. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let me ask you another question. May I, Alva? Can I? Can I? Yes. No, you go ahead. Do you have something on your mind? Okay, here's the question. Well, I, I was going to say. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. After the, okay. great, after the great victory at Mount Carmel, where Elijah called down the fire of God from heaven and it consumed the offering and so on, Elijah ran away from Jezebel because she threatened his life. He ran down to another mountain. It was forty day, uh, forty night trip to get there. What, what was the other mountain that he went to from Mount Carmel? Oh my God, <laughs> uh, Mount Nebo? I don't know. No, Mount Nebo? Where did Moses get the uh, Ten Commandments? Eret. No. Mount Eret. No, no. Ararat was where the <laughs> was where the ark landed after uh, Noah after the flood. I know you know the answer okay. to this. Would you, you just take a deep breath, read the, the mount. Uh, it's the mountain that's where Moses saw the uh, burning bush. Moses took the people of Israel. Right, right. What? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the name of the mountain is. Where did they receive uh, <laughs> uh, the Ten Commandments? Uh, it's the Ten Commandments. It has to do with, it starts with the word sin. It, it starts with uh, the, the... Oh, Mount Sinai. Sinai, thank you very much. I knew we could get it out of you. That's oh, great. I'm sorry. No, no problem. Mount Sinai. Great, great to visit with you today. Oh, yes. Thanks and for calling I'm in. Watching the, I'm watching the Ten Commandments. Oh, okay. Can I ask you one question? Sure. Hello, hello. Can You're I there? ask one question about, about Elisha and... and uh, and Moses in Go the ahead. transfiguration. Go ahead. Does that, is it literally going to be Elisha and Moses, or is it uh, uh, the law and the prophet? Oh, uh, Elijah and Moses, and you're saying, is it, them, right. is it literally them, or is it them representing the law and the prophets? Is the that law the and the Yes. 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 That, some people say that the fact that it was Elijah and Moses is that they represented the law and the prophets, the Mosaic law, the the, the Torah and the and the right. prophetic books. Right. But I don't know, Jacob. What would you say to that? Uh, I really don't. I think it was literally them myself. But go ahead, Jacob. I don't have a thought. I, I have no opinion on it. This is the first time that Jacob does not have an opinion, Elva. You've you've done something that you've been able to do. <laughs> but I, but I, well, you all have a blip. Thank you, Eva, very much Never for calling in. Go ahead, Jacob. No, it's too late. She's gone. Oh, I thought you had. A no, I said, could I say something to her? And the answer was no. Okay. Uh, in that case, we'll, 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 we'll just go on. We'll go on here. Let's. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, we have very few minutes left. There might be, maybe we should make sure we answered all the questions for tonight. Uh, after the great victory at Carmel, Elijah fled. From Jezebel to Mount Sinai, that's where he had that remarkable experience. What do you make of the, his experience down there? The still small voice of God and the the, the earthquake and the fire. And uh, so that's on? an interesting question. What do you think? Well, along with that, why is he running from Jezebel? He just beat eight hundred and fifty other prophets. I know it. Well, what, what's the Christian take on that? I'm I'm interested in your take. I, I think the take has been uh, uh, that I've heard over the years has been. 
almost kind of uh, uh, did, did Elijah experience a little bit of, of post uh, post uh, miracle or post ministry uh, depression that after a great sermon and a great victory and so on he he himself actually uh, he actually beheaded and killed all of those prophets with his own hand I mean he was the one who right. Well, he may have had some assistance. Oh, he may have had some help, but it, in other words, I, it wasn't. He took the sword, and he actually was a, an instrument uh, of destroying these prophets of Baal, and yeah, you're so suggesting on. Suggesting he had uh, post-traumatic stress. Some people have thought that he had a depression, that he was, uh, that he went down there and was refreshed, and, and God met him and refreshed his spirit and encouraged him. I've heard well, that. God asked him uh, three times, uh-huh. and Elijah doesn't answer. He says. So, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he says, well, you know, I've been a really good guy. I mean, remember all the stuff I did? Haven't you heard? I did all this. I did that. And a few minutes later, he walks out to the edge of this cave. By the way, the cave he's in uh-huh. is the cliff that Moses was in when God covered him with his hand. All right. I knew you'd have an insight about that. But so. he's, God says again, well, what are you doing here? And he, again, he repeats, he repeats the same thing. Well, you know, I've really done good. I did this. I did that. And the third time, he asked him. But we never get a direct answer to God's question, which is fascinating to me. So, um, you know, you know the story about when Moses is in the cleft. He says, "Let me see you," and uh-huh, puts uh-huh. his hand on him. In Hebrew, what that means is it doesn't mean God has a back. And uh, when God, Moses can only see God's hind parts or his back. Yeah, that's back. what Moses said. Can I see you? And, 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 and he said something like, "No one can, can see me and live." Uh, that's right. But I'll let you see. Uh, my behind me, and I well, guess that means good. Not not see the wind, but see the effects of the wind after his well, passing. Well, he's saying, yeah, the Hebrew comes across like this: that uh, listen, you can't see me beforehand and understand, but afterwards you will understand who I am. Mm-hmm. So you got Elijah being asked three times by God. And and, God, and he never really answers. He says, you know, I've done this, I've done this. And he says, I'm no better than my ancestors. The time has come for me to die. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, it sounds like a classic depression. Uh, he's, he's depressed, suicidal thoughts, I'm ready to die. And somehow God refreshes him, he restores him, and gives him a message. And he, he gives him these three tasks. To go back and, and anoint Jehu, oh, go yeah. back and what what are the I've forgotten the other two other tasks uh, that he has given and to and to he's supposed to anoint Elisha to be his successor and so on uh, is that basically the idea that God refreshes him and restores him after a time of depression? Yes, uh, that'd be fine. That's that's basically what I've heard. I, I think that's a good answer and taught. Well, there's our time is up. Just on time, we've answered the question. We appreciate so much all of you have called in with the program tonight. Uh, Jacob and I will be back, same place, same station, next Sunday night. So we hope that you'll join us. Good night. Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Cool Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 7 Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast.
also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.